0: A liturgy for those who feel like something bad is about to happen. When unnameable dread creeps into our bones and impending doom looms large in our minds, teach us, Shepherd of the soul, to run to you, our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. We confess that we have lost sight of the true you and have been led astray by the phantom of our fears. Expecting the worst, we have forgotten that you are our protector change our expectations so that we may look for your goodness instead of waiting for the other shoe to drop would you radically transform us from people of fear to people of courage brimming over with your freely given spirit would you fill us with an ever-rising hope until others begin to inquire about the source of our peace the way out of fear is through perfect love so enlarge our hearts O god to more fully comprehend just how deeply you love us Fill us with earnest, growing devotion until we are fearless in the fear of you. Turn our worry into wonder as we seek out your scriptures in truth. Blow on the embers of our faith until it burns away the husks of our fearful selves, igniting the spirit of power, love, and self-control within us. Obedience to unnameable fear is a vestige of our former selves, crucified with Christ. But now we are living stones. Startled awake by the intimate breath of your spirit. Now we are reborn and belong to you as cherished children. Now we know love and there is nothing left to fear. Help us to live fully in the peace that you have given us. For you set us free from our deepest dread. Help us to laugh at the days to come for you secure our every step. Help us to fear not for you are with us. Help us to swiftly abandon dismay for you are our God. Help us to look for reflections of your goodness, for your triumphant right hand holds us up. We will not look for death where you have proclaimed life, but we will take heart, for the Almighty God has already overcome the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you. That was very good. What was that from?
0: Uh, the book is called Liturgies for Hope. It's my current obsession. It's written by Audrey Elledge and Elizabeth Moore. It's 60 prayers for the highs, lows, and everything in between, which sounds very much like a chicken soup <laughs> for the soul type of setup, but they're very yes. well written and, and very heartfelt.
1: It's ni- That's nice to think you could... I kind of need that. Like You could prescribe yourself a prayer... kind of with the book um amazing well hello everybody welcome back to i need god pod this is god lover kyle and today we're with a special guest another podcaster herself ariel from trans regret snoopy presents the bible podcast hello ariel welcome
0: hi kyle thanks for having me
1: Thank you for coming on and being so generous with your time and praying for everybody like that. I wanted to have you on because I like your podcast and I think you do cool work about the Bible and um, we have I went on your podcast at least once, right?
0: I think that was almost two years ago at this point.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> wow. That was good. So anyone could, I guess, go back into your archive if they want to listen to that. Um, I yeah, know I That was a really be...
0: unique episode, too. I feel like you and I, we talked about music, and we talked about uh, prayer, and we talked about scripture, and it was just I like we really kind of covered everything. It, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It was really, it was really it awesome.
1: Yeah, it was good. I remember feeling inspired by it and thinking about our conversation afterward and stuff and feeling good from it to like structure the conversation i was thinking maybe we could start with we could talk let's talk first about your podcast and the bible and stuff and why you're interested in it and then maybe we can go backwards and talk about like how you arrived there a little bit sure i think the project you're doing is really interesting and i like to know more about like what compels you to do this kind of work, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after talking about more like you know your relationship to faith and then your relationship to podcasting, then we planned like to do a little bit of Bible reading ourselves because your podcast is sort of is is a Bible reading podcast. Would you say right? How would you describe your podcast?
0: Yeah, yeah, Bible reading, Bible study, um, but like very layperson type of Bible study, not, um, not anything particularly academic. I've grown, I think better and better at at exegesis and, and trying to like, uh, pull apart the texts and I'm, I'm learning actually, it's funny because the podcast itself has been a great tool for me, like personally growing in my faith and my knowledge. Of the word, because it helps me to be motivated to to learn about scripture, yeah, so it's yeah. it's grown increasingly i think grown increasingly academic, but it's still mm. like very much a layperson type of of uh, show and right, and, and yeah, where because should I start? In, I mean, should I just talk i mean about that's the that's good that's
1: that's good, like it's an independent effort I mean, I would imagine that one of the reasons you would want to start the podcast to begin with was is to deepen your relationship with the Bible and grow Mm -hmm. right like to make a commitment to knowing the Bible um but like why a Bible podcast specifically like what draws you to the Bible that would make you want to podcast about it
0: well I think that um that's an interesting question and I I came to doing the podcast like at a very pivotal time in my life I had just kind of started to reconvert back to Christianity after being an atheist for a long time And, of course, it was like uh, mid-pandemic when a lot of people were um, starting to kind of try to explore a more spiritual side of life because, well, we were all stuck inside and and things felt very doomsday and very um, end of the world and everyone felt very um, Mm. sort of – everything felt kind of bleak, you know. Right. Oh, no, yeah. Honestly, uh, a friend of mine who has passed away was um, encouraging me to get into the podcasting world, and she, she mm-hmm. and uh, her partner had me on their show at one point. The show was called um, Girls Chat. This is wow. such such a long time ago, and um, yes. and so I, I was kind of being nudged into trying to podcast, but it was mostly just because I had this Twitter account that people thought was uh, funny and stupid and goofy called Trans Regret mm-hmm. Snoopy. And oh, I um, see. <laughs> it all kind of built out of this moniker from mm. uh, this account, and the account started as like um like a sad meme posting just random anonymous memes that were at times honestly early on they were kind of cruel and not very nice and in a way, <laughs> I regret some of that oh. but um but as as I grew, it became more of like a personal sounding board for my own emotions and my own feelings and and dealing with being trans, which is. Uh, complicated and growing increasingly complicated obviously in this world and yes. and then becoming a becoming someone who was, you know, a person of faith just really started to grow that complication a little bit and trying to trying to yeah. balance this being true to yourself, but then also um trying to balance the dogma that you've been taught over your life about what right. do Christians believe, what does God want? What does Jesus want for our lives?
1: <laughs> right, right. Wow. That's that's so cool because um To be able to kind of like snowball something or just like organically grow a presence and then shift shift it into presents the bible yeah so doing the bible podcast is a really good way to for you to like anchor and to like commit to to like that part of your identity (laughs) even though there's like friction in your identities i guess
0: yeah a lot of people hear the name of the podcast and they're immediately turned off like they trans regrets and feel like gross or what is that or i have no idea what that means i'm just right that yeah far, what does that away. mean yeah. that's <laughs> well, one of my
1: questions
0: there's a there's like a certain subset of like internet fascinated like meme poisoned irony poisoned people in the world that immediately hear that that title and go oh that's something i'd be interested in in hearing which is so funny to me because it mm-hmm. is it is the show in itself is not ironic in the slightest. I am no. a genuine believer. I, I have, like, devoted a large portion of my life to, like, learning about scripture and and, and prayer. And, right. you know, I, I was never yeah. a devout Christian there's, before. You can't enough, do that. You can't ago.
1: spend that much time doing something and your interest is fake. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the, the name Transregret Snoopy was actually... It came out of... Uh, this, there was a, a, a comic book or a graphic novel called The Pervert that was released years and years and years ago um, by a couple of people who I have since uh, connected with and and kind of I think they got the sense early on that I was um, that I was kind of clowning on them or making fun of them and, and that's really not how I felt it was I, the character itself looked like Snoopy to me and so I thought it was like a funny idea to have Snoopy be trans but then also be sad about being trans. Um, I see. <laughs> this I know. Well, it also grows out of this. There was this um sort of like traveling oh. art show or like sculpture thing that was happening in the Twin Cities where I grew up back in the um back in the nineties. And there were Snoopies, themed Snoopies all over town, mm. different sort of fiberglass statues of Snoopy. There was like a baseball Snoopy and a football Snoopy oh. and, and a history like Snoopy and an of art Snoopies. snoopy. Exactly. Yeah. And so I thought like <laughs> we're gonna take this comic book uh, that mm-hmm. had a trans mm-hmm. theme to it and was written by trans people, and then mm-hmm. take the Snoopy element to it and like blend them together and be like, "Oh, what if Snoopy was was trans and sad about right. it?" Which is Sno- like not was a great
1: a male even or a <laughs> no. woman. Like I don't. It's, what is Snoopy? <laughs> uh, Charles Shoals is a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Snoopy is such an iconic character, and I feel like. Snoopy as a character is going to be trending higher, so it will only be good for you. <laughs> I think it's like I think public awareness of Snoopy is going up. I just feel Snoopy in the air. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> but I think you landed on a great name. Trans- Well, Snoopy. in a way so it's it is kind of just like, it's kind of an abstract concept conceptual character idea you had. And then yeah. you tried to play it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it was like the... the... The genesis of all these memes and, and this sort of like emotional sounding board that I'd had for myself but mm-hmm. then it was my only online presence after a few years I'd kind of gotten myself out of the personal Twitter realm and I, I was sort of distancing myself from having a digital presence that was uh, concretely me and rather uh-huh. kind of shifted uh-huh. it into this image of not me but it reflected me and i'm making this sound way more profound and deep than it really was at the no, time No no i
1: don't know i do think that you know our digital like, our digital selves are a real part of ourselves and are important so mm-hmm. No it makes sense and i feel like even with i need god a little bit like the fact that it's not me is the reason it's so like could be more successful because i don't i'm not really involving my person at all but it is a reflection of me in a way Yeah At least a part of me, um, not the whole me, obviously, that's impossible in any medium, I think. Um, unless you're Jesus Christ and you literally are the bread, (laughs) (laughs) that's like you know, no one and the word, and the word, and the word. Okay, say more.
0: Um, well, because the bible is the
1: word right well
0: yeah yeah you'd asked about the bible and like why the bible and why why a podcast about the bible and mm-hmm. I, I didn't really answer earlier but i think that like i got i went to college i got a degree in english which has proven to be like ultimately kind of useless but i learned a lot about uh literary analysis and and you know different po- poetry and things like that i used to write a lot i don't really do that anymore but it's always like the written word has always been fascinating to me so of course mm -hmm. when i was coming back to faith and i was getting to know jesus better really um apart from the education that i'd had when i was young and and not i don't want to say indoctrination but the kind of education that you get as this sort of surface level young person that you 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 don't have the mental capacity to really dig far into theological concepts and understand what the bible really (laughs) means or you know what parts of these are supposed to be literal what's parts are supposed to be metaphorical like what is a parable like um you know what is apocalyptic literature and that literary. sort of thing is yeah exactly <laughs> so the more the more i got to know that the more it fascinated me and so that's really why of all the topics i, I mean see. it wasn't just a vague faith obviously. podcast it was a bible podcast it was something right. specifically about the word right
1: it's interesting thinking of the bible through that kind of lens it is a little academic i guess but mm-hmm. for you obviously it's more than that, (laughs) it seems anyway. (laughs) How were you raised? Were you raised into a certain faith tradition or anything like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I was raised Catholic. I was baptized as an infant. I was confirmed uh, Catholic, and honestly, the confirmation was um, sort of like uh, an agreement between me and and my family to be like, you don't need to go to church anymore. After you finish the confirmation, it's like graduating mm. from high school. Like, just mm-hmm. just get through this. Finish, um, finish. Uh, you know, uh, religious religious education classes. Go through confirmation, and then we won't bother you about this anymore. And and that's weird. Like in a way, it was like a send off for me spiritually. And immediately after, <laughs> I started I started reading Sam Harris, and I read like other religious texts you know i tried mm. to get into buddhism or i tried to, i read the quran and i, I you know i kind of got into religious pluralism trying to figure out like right. what's out there. I don't. Of yeah i've never known yeah. it was it was like little morsels of other faiths and obviously i, I could never uh, connect with any of them because they weren't really like in my heart because i was raised christian i think there was a piece of Uh, Jesus that always kind of stayed with me. So even while I was in a very rebellious era of my life and I was feeling like so far away from God, like there was a voice at a certain point in my life that started to call me back to faith and, and call me back to to prayer.
1: I see. A lot of actually people who follow I Need God may are similar and relate to that kind of a coming back to reconsider or reshape your relationship to um, whatever you were raised into, you know, mm-hmm. like, whatever religion. Ugh, so when you left and you tried out all different religions or you had no affiliation, how long did that last? And, like, when, like, what were there any, like, moments when you knew, like, that was over, that phase was over, or you were entering a new
0: one? Yeah, I think that it was, um... It was really most of my adult life, honestly. It wasn't until three plus, oh right, because you said ago, the, the three, three and a half years ago right. that, that I came back. I mean, there, the inklings of it started to form in 2019, um, and and I started to kind of lean that direction. I started getting more curious about it. I even started to kind of pray, but it wasn't any prayer that I like knew what I was doing. It was just like, okay, it was like show yourself, man. Uh-huh. Let's let's hear it. I want to know. And uh, and you know it's weird because I think a lot of like queer people or trans people has a ver- have a very fraught relationship with Christianity specifically if you're a raised Christian, yeah. but even just like a-, a complicated relationship with God in general, especially mm. when you live in a culture that's telling you like you're not that's not the way you should be, um, mm-hmm. the way that you feel in your heart is who you are that that's like not right and you shouldn't you shouldn't do that God yeah. didn't make you that way right. And, uh, and that's you know it's tough. So I mean, it was it was fairly recently I'll say, um, mm-hmm. but it that long spell was was going in every which direction, trying every which thing, and, right. and and really finding a dead end everywhere I looked. Except you know when I started to understand that there was something greater at hand that mm-hmm. wasn't just my own uh, my own life story.
1: Okay. Yes. Have you always been a spiritual person or, like, had this connection to, like, something bigger is going on? And is that just or do you feel like that is, like, something that just creeped up on you?
0: Yeah, I think that I had a very closed worldview as much as I thought of myself as open minded and and welcoming to new experiences and and sort of being um, open hearted in a, in a personal way, I think the world at large seemed cold and dead and harmful. And, and, you know, all I could think about in the grand scheme of things was like, well, one day this world's going to explode and that's going to be the end of it. Nothing we've ever done is ever going to matter. And, yeah. uh, and as somebody who's, I mean, I've been depressed since I was, um, a child really, I've had issues with depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. It's really hard, right? Growing up, just like thinking that, um, you're going to feel this sadness forever. Like you, It's hard to grow up and feel like um, that even the happy moments that you have are like going to be singed around the edges with this yeah. feeling of darkness yeah. and this feeling I of I still sadness. feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, yeah. Even believers do, though, but I think mm-hmm. the thing about faith that is so redemptive and, and helpful in that is understanding that even in that pain, that you're never alone in it. That there is, you know, there is a God that loves you, that cares about you so deeply that um, even if all that God can do in that particular moment is sit with you, then at least Mm. you know you're not alone in that pain. And I think, I mean, that's that was an enormous comfort. In the worst, yeah, in the worst moments of my depression, the worst feelings that I've ever had, it was always Mm -hmm. this feeling of like, at the end of the day, I'm alone, and and it's not true. It's not yours and your family, your friends, or whatever. But even. No, I know what he's team. saying. Yeah. 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 That God's there.
1: Right. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. Everyone has a certain path that's ordained to them almost um, from mm. above, and you have to go through it and stuff like that. It really reminds me, actually, of Jesus himself having to go through with what he yeah. did. Uh, but obviously, that's one of kind of the allure of Christianity, I feel, one of the main attractions is Jesus, obviously. And the crucifixion story, particularly. Although all mm. of the stories are cool. I was uh, curious... I mean, you kind of... You kind of just did it right there. I was curious, like, what would you recommend... Like, how would... What would you recommend to someone who has never really approached the Bible, but is curious? uh like,
0: how do don't... I start
1: reading the Bible?
0: <laughs> don't, um... <laughs> Don't go start to finish. I think un- until you are um, uh, until you are convinced that it's a worthwhile venture, going from Genesis to Revelation is not going to be a useful exercise for you. I think that if you're just curious, I would always say um, start with the Psalms. Uh, start mm. with um, Matthew is, a, is is a good place to start. Don't start with John. Uh, I love the Gospel of John deeply, but it is not for beginners. Like, it's kind of an expert-level Gospel, of, <laughs> and Matthew okay. and Mark seem to be, uh, uh, you or know, entry. good places to start. Yeah, and okay. and I mean, I think the Psalms is easy for everybody because they're songs, right? They're not just um it's not poems. like rule book scripture it's not uh narrative it's um poems yeah it's it's ways that and they speak into the intensity of the human experience while also maintaining that connection with god which i think is really great
1: that's really cool about them i like i love the psalms i think we talked about the some psalms when i did your podcast because i was yeah, a cantor yeah, and it's like that's what most of the songs are from like a lot of them are from psalms because Mm-hmm. they 're more poetic, easier to sing or rhyme, yeah anyway cool that 's good to know because, yeah, I just curious about the Bible <laughs> personally i 'm curious about so many things, and then don 't pursue my curiosity often
0: but <laughs> we're we 're conditioned to have very short attention spans now, I know and I, it's the so the more true. I talk about yeah, the more I talk about that sort of thing, the more like a boomer I sound when I talk about how. Uh, you know, like TikTok is poisoning people's brains, and like we're, we're oh yeah,
1: we're making... I'm poisoned.
0: I I am too. I've been mm-hmm. on the internet since I was a, a literal child. You know, I had uh, mm. I had AOL in the home growing up. You know, I was in chat rooms when I was like 11. So it, okay, it's not yeah. like I you're I'm, familiar. I, you yeah, it? I'm not dis I'm not dismissing the value of like internet. No, I understand what culture. you're saying. Oh,
1: it's so so true. Like I go to the movies now as an antidote to that, like I go to the movie theater and it's like, wow, actually watching a movie is less of a distraction. Like it used to be, maybe you would watch a movie as a distraction, but now for me, a movie is like a practice in like mindfulness or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's true. Cause it requires like, you're not only are you paying attention to a long form storyline, but, uh, uh, narration and dialogue and you're having to focus. And and in a movie theater, it's great because you can't have that second screen. You can't be distracting yourself with other stuff. I mean, I go
1: on my phone phone in the movie theater still, but it's like way less. (laughs) (laughs) Way less. So sit in the back so no one has to see your screen, you know? Yeah.
0: Well then at least you're considerate.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. (laughs) So let's do just a couple more questions about the Bible. I guess since we're about halfway through and then we could slip flip over to um, Bible reading, which will be like a paid half, basically, um, like a Patreon-only half. But um, before okay. we get there, but just a couple more things I wanted to ask you, see how you would elaborate on them. Like, say someone really didn't know what the Bible was, how do you explain what the Bible is to them?
0: uh there is there's that old um that old adage of the bible is b i b l e right that that old adage of uh that, uh oh, Never heard shoot, that, what adage. Is that um basic instructions before leaving oh. earth yeah uh, b i b l e yes. basic instructions before leaving earth i would right. i would counter that in in a few specific ways though R- reading the bible as like a set of instructions is uh, going to leave you more confused than it will leave you, like informed on a, a specific way of life. Mm. I think that the the Bible is um, a very condensed and uh, super hyper focused um, time in in the grand scheme of uh, history. Right, where the Bible takes place over about if we're if we're saying from the beginning of what they're talking about the chronology to the end of Revelation, it's like. 5,000 years or something like that, right? Uh-huh. So it's not um, it's not like everything in all of time, and it's nothing from the last 2,000 years. So it's going to feel alienating for our modern mindset. We, we consume a lot of media that exists specifically in the time frame that we are in, or within yeah. the last 100 or 200 years. So... Looking back that far to a culture that is super foreign to us, to a culture that is so different from how we are, you need to understand Mm -hmm. that the people that were writing this did not live the lives that we lived. I would argue that their time and place afforded them a connection to the divine that we might not have in as acute of a way as they did then. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they were necessarily more connected with every aspect of God than we are now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not like a cessationist that thinks that the Holy Spirit isn't even here anymore, that people don't have spiritual gifts anymore. I don't believe that. I think that God speaks through people, that prophecy is real, and that mm-hmm. healing is real, and all of that is legitimate. But right. um, it's still present. God, yeah, but God moved through the hands and through the voices of these people at a very um, specific time. And, mm-hmm. and in that way, I think it provides you with a vision of. God's most profound commentary on humanity on earth. Does that make sense? I feel like that's that's kind of a vague descriptor, but
1: No, I think that makes sense. I mean, it wasn't a description a description as a of the Bible as much as it is a lens to view the Bible, I think. A helpful one because you have to take like the historical context into place, not even historical, but the difference in time and place culture and all things really. Um, you could even think of it astrologically in a way because the quality of time changes due to, in, in like using astrology as a lens you could say, oh, the quality of time changes the way people understand and think and speak and almost everything would appear foreign to us, I guess, and there would be no real way to comprehend it. And people often, (laughs) I think it's funny, because people always think the opposite, like someone from the past would come to the present and, like, have their minds blown by what's here, but I think, like, it works equally in the opposite direction. Like, we don't know their lives. Mm -mm. We only see traces of their lives and make guesses, basically, based on whatever's left behind, no matter what that what that may be so it it, i think that that is like something i rarely think about but is important because it's so true like you're kind of saying before like some people use the bible and christianity for like bad ends i guess that harm people Mm -hmm. and it can make people think that like the bible itself is harmful whereas it's just being used as as a tool in a harmful way, and that not necessarily the Bible itself wa- is meaning to inflict this harm, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's like there's a lot of misinterpreted Bible passages that get used to justify like just shitty beliefs and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, we're we're gonna talk about uh, uh, Ephesians five, right? And yeah. Ephesians 5 is a perfect example of one that people read, take it how they want to take it, or use it to reinforce a set, a set of beliefs or standards that they have for their society that says, see, look, it not only is that true today, but it was true then, too, and that's how God wants things to be. Right. I think it's an eternal truth. Yeah, I don't believe that that's how the Bible speaks into our lives, but I do think that certain parts of scripture can cut to the core of the human condition can cut to the core of pain suffering happiness Mm -hmm. joy pleasure um all of those things are addressed Mm. and live in that Mm. text
1: Mm -hmm. i see what you're saying the bible is one of the most important texts of all time (laughs) yes it has everything (laughs) it has everything (laughs) like that's the and that's kind of the point yeah and to keep everything to keep everything it's the good
0: it's the good book
1: yes okay amazing well we're like halfway through let's switch into bible mode um so basically you've been doing a series on romans right
0: i have i've been doing a series on romans 8 specifically
1: romans 8 specifically and what is the book of romans You've reached the end of the free version of this episode. If you want to listen to the rest where Ariel and I read the Bible together and talk about what it means, um, specifically Romans 8.31 plus three others that are part of a meme, so we do kind of like a meme analysis, then you could sign up for our Patreon at com slash I Need God and unlock the rest of the episode for just $3.00. Um, It would mean the world to me for your support if you like this podcast and want me to keep doing it. Um, The people that really keep the lights on here and that um, I'm in most debt to are those who pledge at the angel tier and above, and for them, we're going to say a little prayer. So if you could just close your eyes, join me in praying for Allison White, Carson Reeves, Casey, Colin G, Dakota Garcia, Gavin, Jenna, Sarah, Kylie Gurley, Neve Parker, Nicole Saucerman, Nicole Gautier, Tory Folk, and Tyler Hill. Lord, hear our prayer.